This is the On All Cylinders Podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Your host for today is Summit Racing's Will Schertz with special guest Brian Jones, current owner of the Christmas Story House. Here we go. Hello, I'm Will Schertz, and you're listening to the On All Cylinders Podcast. Uh, today I'm talking with Brian Jones, who's the current owner of the house from the famous movie A Christmas Story, along with one of the classic Oldsmobiles used in uh, filming, a 1938 Olds F37. Brian, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Just to kick things off, it was recently announced that you're putting both the house and the Oldsmobile up for sale, and I definitely want to talk about that. Um, first, I'm curious about your backstory, you know, how you came to own the house to begin with. Was it something that already was in the family before the movie was made, or are you just the world's biggest Red Ryder BB gun fan? Uh, I'm the world's biggest leg lamp fan. I actually had a company uh, making and selling leg lamps. It was actually a really new venture for me. It was just the second year of the business, and the house uh, came for sale on eBay. Leg lamp sales were going so well. Uh, it just seemed like a natural extension of the business. If you want leg lamps, if I buy the house and do something, you know, tourist-related attraction, people are going to come see it. And uh, that's just kind of how it worked out. It's a short and sweet version of it. And then uh, what about the house? The gentleman who owned a car from the movie reached out and said, hey, I have the family car. Would you be interested in buying? I'm like, well, of course. You know, if we're going to start a, mo- a movie attraction, I'd be interested in, in purchasing the car. Awesome. When did this all happen? You said you found it on eBay? Yeah, the house was on, went up for sale on eBay in uh, 2004. Uh, so that's that's when I bought it. And then we renovated it, had to do a bunch of work to basically bring it back. It's movie splintered. It's a real property, it had vinyl windows, vinyl siding. Uh, it was now like a blue-gray color instead of yellow-green that you see uh, in the movie and that you see the day that we restored. So, And then uh, I want to say maybe like a year or two later, a gentleman just basically came out. He, I purchased the car. It was basically, you know, I told him he'd come out initially when I, I bought the house. I came out that I was going to do something with it. I ended up buying, ended up buying it from once we were basically in, towards the end of the renovation. We're going to have an opening date. So was the house already a museum prior to you taking over or did you kind of convert it into one? Uh, it was a beat down rental property when I bought it. It was in the middle of the renovation. Uh, the first floor was done, but the uh, second story was not, you know, torn back to the studs. And it was just basically, it was being sold as is. And the gentleman owned it. Uh, it was two brothers. They inherited from another brother. They, were, they didn't really want to complete their renovation. And they were just kind of tired of, you know, having to collect the rent, do maintenance on the property and things like They knew what it was. People would come by and see it. Um, you know, a couple hundred people, not the thousands of people we get uh, now uh, every year. Um, so... They're like, hey, we should just sell it. And then the gentleman suggested they put it on eBay. I'm like, hey, that's a good idea. Well, why not? So that's how I ended up finding the listing because I was actually in San Diego, California. Actually, never mm-hmm. been to Cleveland, Ohio. I wasn't even exactly sure where it was. Uh, and so, but, you know, it, it made sense, you know, as a natural extension of the business. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to buy that. Okay. So you said you were into leg lamp sales, right? What was it that drove you to that? Was it an infatuation with the movie or just something you had done prior? Uh, so actually what happened to me is I'd always wanted to be a jet pilot and astronaut ever since I was a little kid. My dad was a pilot in the Navy. It was the coolest thing ever. It's the 80s, you know, the space shuttle program's big, you know, America, you know, rocking and rolling, you know, going into space. I thought it would be the coolest thing to be basically fly uh, F-18s and then move in and fly the space shuttle. I mean, what's cooler than that? Studied really hard uh, in, in high school, went to the Naval Academy, studied aerospace engineering, Graduated, got a flight, flight school billet, and proceeded to uh, fail the vision test at flight school. I kind of knew it was coming, but still, major disappointment. And I got reassigned to be an intel officer. I looked at a couple things. That was the best option I had going. And my parents, you know, knew I was super bombed. That's all I ever wanted to do. Made it send me a leg lamp. Just trying to figure out something to 
you know, cheer me up because the major award in the movie. So they're kind of thinking, well, this is a major award for dealing with your life's disappointment and kind of moving on, you know. <laughs> and just something kind of funny. I don't even exactly know what it's like. My mom offhandly says at the time, I was like, that make a decent business. We had to make that. Nobody sells that. Well, I owed six years for my Naval Academy education, so off I go to serve in the Navy. But, you, you, you know, fast forward, I'm on a second tour. I'm like, I don't want to say the name. I'm going to get out. What should I do? I have to do a bunch of things. I could, you know, hold this. I like, was like, I should sell leg lamps. People always liked the one my parents made. My mom had said that. I was like, I'll, I'll start a business. I was like, I'll build you a website. He started building a website. Um, I started building leg lamps, made and sold 500 the first year. Had them made overseas the second year. And you know, lamp sales are going, you know, better than I ever expected. And I hated housekeeping for sale eBay. Just a natural, easy extension of the business. You know, well, not easy, but obviously a natural extension of the business. So I, I bought it even, to be honest, without a full idea of exactly what I was going to do with it. I just thought it's the diamond rough, you know, that it was. And I was like, I'm going to get that. That's perfect. So what drove you to decide you were going to turn the house into a museum dedicated to the movie? So, I, I, like I said, I didn't exactly know what I was going to do with the house. I just knew I was going to do something awesome with it. I'm like, this will be great. Uh, so first, you know, this is before Airbnb, so I was thinking of my first thing is, oh, bed and breakfast, you know, we'll rent it out, families can come spend the night, you know, like Ralphie and Randy and the Parkers, and you know, do that. I was like, well, that only allows one, one basically one, fa- one family to come per night. I'm like, that's not really good. What if we turn it into a museum? So I was thinking, we're innovated on the outside, how it looked the movie, and inside you'll walk in and I'll talk about the making of the movie, you know, some posters, some props, some costumes, you know, if they're still out there. And then I got to Cleveland, Ohio, because I bought the house sight unseen uh, from San Diego. I got there on December 28th, so like a couple weeks later. I was like, wow, when I first saw it. I was like a little kid. Like, I had a little goosebumps. Like, there's the house. Oh, there's the shed. I'm chopping through the snow. I see the shed. Like, oh, there's Flick's house. So it, it, at that point, it finally dawned on me, like, I need to make this so it, it's inside and out. Like, if you come to the house, it's renovated both outside and inside as it appeared in the movie so that when you come there, you, you can basically be immersed in the experience and essentially relive the movie as you tour through the house. And everything in the house is either the same model or a replica of the product. So it's completely interactive. It's not like when you go to Graceland and everything's behind stanchions because it's really all of the stuff. Uh, and they don't want you to mess it up. This is, you know, stuff that you can you can hold the BB gun, pick up the leg lamp, crawl into the sink, Life Boy soap up in the bathroom if you want to stick it in your mouth if you're that brave. Uh, you know, <laughs> the telephone where, uh, you know, Mr. Schwartz calls up, you know, and there's, you know, he calls Mr. Schwartz. You know, so all that kind of fun stuff that you can basically interact with the house and bring the movie to life, essentially, is what we're trying to do for fans. Amazing. Has it been a pretty popular attraction? Do you tend to get a lot of visitors over the course of a year? Yeah, we get about 80,000 people a year who come to pay to take the tour. I'd say probably about twice that many, uh, you know, stop by, um, you know, take a picture outside, come in our gift shop, just kind of you know, get the feel for the property. Um, so, yeah, we, we get quite a few people. We always have to shut down two weeks in February just to do maintenance on the house. When you put 80,000 people through what's a normal residential house, you know, floors need to be redone, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, we get quite a bit of traffic. So one of the things that's featured in the museum that would obviously be the most interesting to our listeners would be the Oldsmobile F-37 used in the film. Uh, what can you tell us about the specific history of that vehicle and how it ended up in the movie and, um, you know, specifically how it ended up in your possession? I don't know if you know much about the movie itself. I do, actually. I'm, I would consider myself a Christmas story expert. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's something to brag about too much, but uh, that's probably my biggest claim to fame. Um so most of the stuff that we have in our museum actually finds us. People call they know that we have the museum and they they call us if they see something. Hey, you guys should get this for the museum. 
And the car was the same thing. A gentleman named Vernon Burley uh, in Garfield Heights, Ohio, uh, had that car. He had bought it from another gentleman, and that gentleman had it in the movie. And it's the same make and model as the family's car that you see in the movie, but it was mm. not used as by the family, but it was in the movie for down around public square. So that was close enough for me. And we did, obviously, as I just said, we disclosed that fact. But, and the problem that we've had with trying to find the car for the movie is the car is, depends on what the word the means. The car is in the same mod, make and model or the car is in the one used for the movie. And I've had no less than five people approach me saying, I have the car. and like, I'm going to need some, see some paperwork that says, you know, it was used there because, you know, there, so many people come out and they misconstrue with the word the, as it means, you know, the model or the exact one used in the movie. And we've never been able to track anyone, any of them down where they could actually verify that their car was used in the movie. So Vernon bought it from the other guy and I tracked down his widow and she gave me basically the backstory that yes, it was in the movie, but it wasn't the one they actually used for the family, but it did appear in the movie and go around. So again, it, it, it helps, you know, kind of set the scene for people when you come to a museum. Cause I mean, it's a very old car, 1938. So it, it's interesting to see. And I think it just kind of gives people a greater appreciation for what it really was like in the, in the time period for the movies. So that's why we have it. And we, like I said, we disclosed the fact that it was in the movie, but not the family's car. So was it driven by another family in the movie? Yeah, so they just they put, when they made the movie, they put out a call for um, you know old cars, you know, to set the scene and set the background, and that's basically what they had down like three o'clock in the morning. They had this you know the collectible car club just down there, and just you know all the owners basically just driving laps around Public Square to make it look like it was 1940. Okay, I'm fascinated now. Can you point to a specific scene in the movie where you can actually see this exact car? That's interesting. I've actually never tried to actually you know track it down and see exactly where it was. Because I think he all, so he, when I bought it, he had it painted a, a tan and red uh, maroon color. Uh, we had it obviously painted back to the, the the gray you know color that you see in the movie just to give it more of a, an appeal and, and, and the, the look of the movie. Done locally, I presume? Yeah. Um, what is it? Now you got me on the spot. I, I have to, uh, automobile portfolio, I think it was in Canton. The gentleman who was the owner there helped me with it. With all the restoration to get it back running, because um, Vernon had just been storing it in, in a garage, um, and basically to get the paint job and do some restoration on some of the upholstery and things of that way. Um, I think I would have to look that up again. It's been, it's been years since uh, you know, I purchased the car and that we've done work there. Yeah, I was definitely curious as to uh, what all you had to do from a restoration and maintenance standpoint. No, uh, we and we used to actually we actually used to drive it around a lot uh, just for fun. I just take it out. I'm like, I'm gonna take the car out for a little bit. It's just cool. It's 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 such a different experience, you know, in a car like that from a car to a day. And it's like you know, it gives you a real appreciation for all the stuff you take for granted in a, in a modern vehicle. And it's like this was this was an automobile you know, suffice for back in the day. Wow. So did you strictly uh, do restoration and maintenance, or did you modernize the vehicle in any way? No, Vernon had taken really good care of it. And I, he, he was really proud of the car, and it was, it was in really good shape. It's just for a couple of minor things, and like I said, just the paint. So it, it was actually really, you know, in really good shape and ready to go. Um, and you know, I, that was also part of the reason I was interested. In it. He preserved it really well. I didn't want to modernize anything. I wanted to keep everything just as it was. Um, all you know, vintage parts, the whole vintage look. Um, so there, yeah, there's no radio, nothing, nothing special in it that would, you know, kind of. I, I feel like when you do that, you kind of take away from the originality of the time period of the car if you upgrade it like that. That's just my personal uh, feeling on it. Okay, that makes sense. How much time would you say you've spent behind the wheel? 
I maybe like I don't know 10, 10 to twenty hours, just you know, just kind of cruising around. It's just kind of fun. It, it does. It is interesting too. It drives slower. It, it, it doesn't have the pickup and the go or the top speed that the cars today do. So you you know you, again you appreciate how the difference you know, how how awesome your your modern cars are when you drive an antique car. Did you stick mostly to city driving as opposed to highways? Yeah, just a bit. Yeah, I, I stayed off the highway for sure. We just would drive, you know, kind of through Tremont and down to and down to uh, downtown Cleveland and places around. And also just like every once in a while, we just give people rides for just just for fun. Like when we do, we've done the same with the fire truck we have. We put people in the back and just drive it around. And it's because it's fun and turn on the sirens, but just around the neighborhood, just for fun, for nostalgia points. Okay, so I have to ask, in your experience, would an Oldsmobile of this vintage actually freeze up in the middle of summer on the equator? Uh, I'm not sure that would actually be accurate, but uh, it, it, it ran great. So I, I'd say, no, I don't think it's going to freeze up in the middle of summer on the equator. Um, but we also didn't push it too hard. Uh, we want to take good care of it since it's now a, a special <laughs> special car to us. <laughs> yep, just had to ask. It's such a quotable movie in that Oldsmobile is such a big part of it, just remembering things like the oh fudge scene. Oh, yeah, that's a classic one. So the timing of the sale of the property in the Oldsmobile is interesting, given the recent release of the sequel movie that just came out. I was wondering if you and the house were involved in the new movie in any way. You would be wrong. We were not involved whatsoever. Actually, that movie was filmed in Bulgaria. They rebuilt the neighborhood you know, completely from scratch uh, on backlots and, and sound stages in Bulgaria. Oh, okay. Wow. That's that's interesting. All I got for a request is the, the studio wanted to come out and they wanted to scan the neighborhood and the inside of the house. And I just heard CGI and I said no. <laughs> so I, I just I, I'm I'm a purist and in the original you know the original thing. And there's been a couple other sequels. And in fact, I was on the Christmas Story two uh, set uh, back when they did that in 2012, and it was just horrendous. That I I just I had nightmares from that experience. So I was just like, no, we're not going to participate in this one. This one's done much better than that one was in 2012. So that it has that going for it. But I just, and if they weren't going to film there, I was just worried that it was, they weren't going to spend the money to do it right at the time. And nobody was really kind of telling me what the deal was. So I just like, uh, we're just not interested in participating. Gotcha. So you've had this house for all these years, almost two decades now. Why sell now? Uh, I'm to retire. I've been doing this for 20 years and it's, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been an amazing adventure. I've gotten a lot out of it. I've grown from a kid who, you know, some idealistic little kid is 27. I'm 46 now. I'll be 47 by the time I sell this. Um, it's been amazing, but there's also more to do. And I've basically last, spent the last couple of years teeing it up for somebody else to do more with it. We've bought some adjacent properties that are either you know, uh, vacant or, or could be upgraded. And essentially just looking that, you, some, for somebody else to take us to the next level. I, I'm the I'm the founder and entrepreneur. And it's time for me to kind of step back so that the the attraction can grow and be, you know reach its full potential. I'd love to see a Pulaski's candy store. We could expand the gift shop to something with a second story on the side. You could do Santa Mountain and then open a Chinese restaurant. Uh, when we first opened, I had partnered with a gentleman and he did an awesome job just basically reliving it. Fans, we used to pack that place. Unfortunately, it eventually closed. Uh, so we haven't basically been able to find, but I want to make it a, a bigger and broader, wider experience. This is a really cool experience now, but I think there's more that we could be able to offer fans to come see and enjoy and just kind of make it a fuller experience when you come to see the Chris story house. So is that something that you're factoring into the purchase? Who exactly you're selling the house to? Uh, are, you, are you looking for somebody who's interested in the lore of the movie? Yeah. I mean, it's all included. There's a lot more to it than just the house itself. Uh, so to the business and, you know, if anybody's really interested and wants to reach out, you know, 
we've got a broker and an investment bank, you know, handle handle all of that stuff and, and, and giving them more of what's what's going on with, with the business behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of want to just find myself somebody who's really passionate about it. It doesn't have to be myself exactly. I have something, and obviously, you're gonna have to have the money as well. But that's something they really you know, are dedicated and want to put the time to. I have a great management team, so there's not a lot you have to take over uh, and and run day to day. Just kind of come get it familiar, and then basically handle the higher level things that would you know make the attraction and uh, and the experience even better. Are you also going to be selling the leg lamps? That, that's a, yeah, a large part of the business is still actually in uh, internet retail and, and selling uh, leg lamps and other fun and fun collectibles uh, to people. You know, if you can't come to the house, we'll ship it to you. <laughs> is that something you're going to continue to do or is that included in the wholesale process? Part of the wholesale process is you know, all, all pieces of the business are up for sale and included as one unit. They're not looking to break it up because they're all they're either they're different, but they're also very much intertwined. Well, we're almost wrapped up here. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to tell folks out there listening? Come see us. We're, we're in the Tremont neighborhood in Cleveland, Ohio. Go to ChristmasStoryHouse.com to find out how to how to get there, about tickets. Uh, anything also about the sale is also on our website. Uh, we're, we're still open. I, there's this weird rumor out there that, you know, because we're selling, it closed. it's just change ownership. The only person that's going to be different is myself. Everything else and the whole experience remains the same and always will. All right. Awesome, Brian. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. It was great chatting with you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. And uh, good luck with the Oldsmobile and the sale of the house. This has been the On All Cylinders podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Check out new episodes coming soon at onallcylinders.com. Onallcylinders.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.